0: in
1: kansas anymore.
0: you have
1: my curiosity Are you, me you built a time you.
0: machine with you
1: welcome back to get real the podcast where we get real about all of our favorite pop culture films and tv shows as always i'm sam and with me is my co-host
0: chris hello hello hello
1: Today, we're talking all about the Oscars. We've got a couple of bits of news to drop, and we're talking about the critically acclaimed Marriage Story.
0: Mm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not our Marriage Story. Not our Marriage Story. We're close, mate, but not not that close yet.
0: Not yet. I haven't got (laughs) down on one knee for you yet. Oh, God. Sure our Our missus will be very happy with that.
1: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, if you haven't seen Marriage Story... Uh, definitely go ahead and watch it. It has been out for a while. We're just covering this a little bit late because we've been playing catch-up on everything else, really, yeah. haven't we?
0: Yeah, it um, did not feel like something that needed to be addressed straight away. Yeah. And we did start the podcast, like, three weeks after it came out anyway. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um,
1: and we're also going to do a couple of Netflix movies and stuff over the next couple of episodes, so... yeah. Keep here is an eyes peeled on your feeds so Mm-mm-mm. do you want to start off you before we literally started recording chris just hit me with uh, some breaking news which, so, which, which which won't be breaking because this is going to go out in a few days but it's breaking for right now this very minute yeah. we're sat here recording this so this
0: news as i as far as i can see dropped today and i've literally only just seen it as we were about to click record jj abrams is in discussions To do Justice League Dark, movies and TV. Whoa. Movies and TV for Justice League Dark. Movies and TV.
1: That means it's going to be the same storyline across the movies and TV shows?
0: Possibly. I'm going to guess maybe carry on where the Swamp Thing show got cancelled halfway through its season. Some would say maybe uh, DC hasn't read the Jewel of the Fates script. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but he's, he's going to take the Yelmo del Toro supposed script for Justice League Dark and he's going to make it a lot worse. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well... I that's... do like
1: JJ. Yeah, no, We could have a lot worse people doing that. Yeah, plenty of lens
0: flares in Dark films. Yeah, vi- I mean, visually <laughs> it's going to look nice. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I think JJ name. could do something pretty cool with like Swamp Thing and yeah. Dead Man and stuff. It's a good name to have for it. Uh, I love Justice League Dark as well. Mm. Like, I've been buzzing for a Justice League Dark film since they said Guillermo del Toro was involved. I think he's the only one that can do it, really. Yeah. So, are we talking just, just for people
1: like me who aren't as clued up as you on stuff like this? Uh, so, yes. Justice League Dark uh, is Constantine, Swamp Thing. Things like that. Yeah, uh,
0: it's basically all the dark and magical side of the DC Universe. So, like you said, Constantine, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Night Nurse, and Frankenstein, I think, were the latest iteration of the team. Oh, no, Batman, Wonder Woman. They're part of regular Justice League, right? So they uh, deal with all the occult stuff. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The New 52 run was pretty good. It was one of the better runs for the New 52 i've got them i'll lend them yeah at some point because they are pretty damn good
1: speaking of comics yes while we're while we're on the topic Mm, segue i've read the new kylo ren comic series have you read any of that yet no not none of the kylo ren stuff tell you if you're into star wars and you want to expand the lore a little bit for kylo ren definitely worth a read
0: uh oh that's the one where he's uh, it starts off as Luke's pad one, and then yeah, it's literally that that yeah. flashback that you
1: get in the last Jedi where he brings the hook. Yeah, down. and it fleshes out the lightsabre yeah. a bit more, doesn't it's it? Right after that, it takes place right after that starts. Have you read the new uh, uh, Darth
0: Maul comic book yet, Sons of Dathomir? <laughs> yeah, the one that I got you for Christmas. Uh,
1: I've not yet. No, I've 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 not had a chance to sit down and properly read that. I've been reading the Kylo Ren one like on my breaks at work and stuff. So yeah, yeah it, it's really cool.
0: It's really cool. Sons of Dathomir is apparently going to tie into other things as well, is what I've heard online. Uh, I'm not sure what, so maybe some of the Mandalorian, maybe some of the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, maybe. Maybe. I'm trying
1: to figure out when it's set now. But yeah, the Kylo Ren comics really good. It's kind of weird seeing like a a young, a baby looking Adam Driver because they they flash back even further. Um and it's just it's it's a bit jarring. Is it just like a kid's body with adult it's Adam Driver's face it's, on it? It's literally like somebody is like deep faked Adam Driver's face onto a onto a kid. It's really weird. It's really really <laughs> strange. Um, but yeah. Uh, right. Rest of the news. Let's yeah. have a little look what we've got. So Jack Cahoe. Um, unfortunately, we we lost a great actor. He died at the age of eighty five. Um, he was known for his work in The Untouchables and The Sting. And Midnight Run and Serpio as well. So. Yeah, for sure. So that's sad. It's always sad to lose. Who's lose, uh, such a renowned the game actor. game
0: as well. That's what I've seen him in mm, recently. Yeah. I had to look up the name when I heard it,
1: but uh, I do recognize him now that I'm Yeah, as soon as you see that first image and stuff, you yeah. definitely know who he is. Sad. Altered Carbon Season 2 was announced today with Anthony Mackie playing a lead role. Seen loads of shows at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Have you seen Ultra on... Carbon? No, I think I only <laughs> ended up getting through like the first half of season one. I yeah. can't really remember where it left off, but in terms yeah. of the Netflix, obviously it was a really early on Netflix show that and. It is really, really good. Yeah, it came I'm out sure when really
0: there's good. a load of other stuff coming out, so I missed it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's got. Um... Is
0: that the one where rich people can put their minds into a new body or something like that? Yeah. And some guy's been killed and now he's trying to find out who killed him or something? Yeah, is
1: it Joel Kinnaman? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, he's From in
1: Suicide it. Squad fame. Yeah, as Rick Flagg. Um, he's he's good in it. He's really, really good. Well, obviously, if we're assuming that Anthony Mackie's playing a lead character, I mean, I won't go into. Anything that happens in alter Carbon in case it's spoilers or
0: anything. But he's really good. He's really good. Do we reckon a white guy is going to go into a black guy's body? and (laughs) (laughs) Netflix, yikes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Disney Plus brought forward um, their release date for the UK and Europe. I've only just seen this when you put it in the notes. When's it it been moved up to? It was actually, I think it was only meant to come out March 31st. And then it's been pushed forward to March 23rd. Oh. So it's, no, I mean, it, you're it's talking a week. a week, a week. But obviously, when we've got Clone Wars, well, that's what little bit of a little of feb, it means of you it. not that you wait not long to wait as long for it. I mean, let's I mean, people us be watched people have already watched The Mandalorian now, haven't they? Yeah. So you're not going to be getting Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian. you to probably get it to get not to little it, it a not to see it for the yeah. first time. But I would probably wait now for Disney Plus to come out to be able to watch Clone Wars. Yeah. If it's only going to be like a like 3 weeks away, it's probably going to be worth waiting mm. to get the better version of it. Yeah.
0: See, I would have thought they would have brought it up to maybe have the same release date as Clone Wars because they missed out on a huge chunk of the market not seeing The Mandalorian. Mm. So like people haven't paid for Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's so, and they, that means they haven't got proper viewing figures for it either.
1: No, but I suppose you've got all the Marvel stuff that will be coming out. Yeah. And the fact that you'll have all your Star Wars and Marvel films, Disney films in general, accessible on there,
0: you know. I've got a feeling New Mutants as well. It'll do a short stint in the cinema and then go on there pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Also, speaking, like you said, of Marvel Disney Plus properties, uh, we've seen some set photos this week of US Agent with Captain America's shield. Mm. which is suspicious because last time we saw it, Sam Wilson had it, and as far as we were aware, we were going to move forward with a Sam Wilson Falcon Captain America. Interesting. Well, we don't Um, know how this starts. It might have
1: started with him handing it over, maybe not wanting to do it. To the government, maybe.
0: Maybe. Um, Because apparently season one was meant to be sort of like a battle for the shield between the Winter Soldier and Falcon.
1: Yeah. Well, the way endgame leaves everything off is it's quite respectful of the fact that falcon's going to take over the yeah. shield isn't it that's what i'm thinking it seems weird that u.s agent has it now mm, it does speaking of set photos yes um, the fact that we've not managed to cover it on here yet and um, what did you think of robert patterson's very few vague photos of him robert Battinson. robert Battinson as batman
0: uh, with he's not half really, of his face covered on a yeah, motorbike taken not, from a top down shot. Yeah, he's not really. He looks playing. like a guy, half covered face yeah. on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't look Batman. No. However,
1: visually, it would probably be pretty cool to get Bruce Wayne. Have you also seen
0: the shot of Colin, uh, Colin Overweight Farrell? Colin Farrell. <laughs> he doesn't really he's look not, that he's not overweight. overweight. He just looks stocky. Yeah. He, and he's, he's clearly not on the set at the time because he's wearing like a trackie.
1: Yeah, going sure. to Starbucks. Well, he's got that bl- white blonde hair yeah. and a little bit of a goatee going on, hasn't he? A little bit of a moustache. I think he's a great actor. He could probably do pretty much anything, so... Yeah, he looks like he's just maybe stopped going to the gym as much and stuff like that, if anything. He...
0: he well... I mean, he doesn't he look, look like... He, he looks a bit tuppy, but he it, it looks more stocky to me. It looks like Penguin might actually be a bit of a brawler. Yeah, I, well, I think that's probably what they're going for. It's...
1: It's not like they've gone Danny DeVito on it, where it's that version of the Penguin. <laughs> yeah. But they've also not gone Gotham with the Penguin, if you get me. Yeah. In TV series. Yeah. Because almost... he he was
0: like short and scrawny, wasn't he? But like he he had like Penguin legs, so he waddled. Yeah. And then Danny DeVito was just like a fat Penguin.
1: Yeah, it's almost even like... even had they've... Penguin
0: hands. It's Almost like they might be going somewhere in the middle
1: with it. <laughs> <laughs> This is a podcast, Chris. People can't see you doing I'm, I'm penguin doing hands. I'm doing Danny DeVito's
0: weird penguin hands. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I like how we're going to get the Riddler. We're going to get the penguin. Uh, I don't know whether any other villains have been confirmed for it yet. Uh, Catwoman, but we don't know if she's going to be a villain or an anti-hero war. It's good because it's not any of the versions of the villains that we saw with the Ben Affleck version. Yeah. So it's not like we're going to have to compare her. A Joker straight away, especially after just having but, Walking Phoenix as well, as yeah, Joker. exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't know, I think it's gonna be really good.
0: I, I've got faith in it.
1: It's like, nice that there's a bit of a rogues gallery this yeah. time rather than there just being one, yeah, really main because like that.
0: I think that was like one of the issues with the Dark Knight Rise, uh, well, the Dark Knight trilogy was it was just like one villain sort of set up the next villain straight after, and it was like, we're only allowed one villain at a time. Well, we yeah. had Rachel Ghoul and the Scarecrow, but then they were sort of going against each other type thing, and and then they both got killed. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Yeah. It might you be almost a bit more reminiscent of the
1: Arkham games and stuff, maybe. Well, that's
0: the thing. If there's these many criminal overlords in one small town... Yeah, by, you know by no stretch of the
1: imagination, should they not, you know, they should overlap, shouldn't they? Yeah. Um, Next news is Doolittle, featuring Robert Downey Jr. Has it done little? (laughs) I <laughs> know,
0: it's done,
1: it's done, well, no, it's done very little, it's done very
0: little. little's done little, it's on track to lose 1 million, no, 100, 100 million, 100 million dollars, $100 million. which
1: means that when it costs 75 million to make, and then marketing on marketing top marketing of that, on top, yeah, it's not done very well at all, unfortunately, no, um, i
0: don't think anybody was really asking for a new
1: deal i think they might have been banking on robert downey jr yeah. a bit much after after his uh avengers and mm. after the his marvel run you know maybe you're banking on that a little bit too hard you have you know? also
0: heard about the way the film apparently ends
1: I've not no. I don't really want to talk about that on a podcast because I've not, I've not even seen the film myself. Not like I'm probably going to go see it to be honest. But. Okay,
0: but it it just sounds batshit insane at the end. <laughs> There's a pair of bagpipes involved. That's no longer going to tell you bagpipe. Oh, There's I have bagpipes. heard this. I
1: have heard this. Yeah, I've
0: heard this. I have heard it. Yeah,
1: but we won't we won't talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> um, have you heard is Have you listened to his Joe Rogan podcast yet? No, not yet. That's actually quite a good podcast. The first thing they talk about is that he's wearing this necklace that is like the arc. Is it an arc reactor? Yeah, from um, Iron, Iron Man. Man. And it's like a big sort of circular necklace, and it's like a big thing. old like gangster pendant. Yeah. type thing. Yeah, exactly. And he, he like talks about how he like subconsciously does things like that because obviously he's he's been such a part of the role. Yeah. But they talk a little bit about Doolittle on that, and it is a bit of a shame, you know, because he's he's been. Known and stapled as Tony Stark for so long that you know you forget that he did Tropic Thunder and he was ace in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, and then he, he did Sherlock Holmes. He was, I think, oh, was amazing. Good Sherlock. Sherlock.
0: I think, I think that's going to be his next major role when they do the third one of them because the third yeah. one is in works now. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be his next major thing. But he also did like the Judge. I think where he acted alongside his dad as well. Yeah, that yeah, and did uh, that. that got pretty decent reviews for like it wasn't a mass release. Mm, it's just a shame about it. I, th- I think he needs another like um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or something. Yeah, like something far away from like the Disney brand. Mm-hmm. While we're on the topic
1: of Marvel esque stuff, uh, Jared Harris, who is also in Chernobyl, yep, as one of the leads is also going to be in Morbius. Yeah. Um, he has denied the rumours that he is playing Doc Ock, Dr. Octopus, and that he is just playing a Dr. Michael, who is Morbius's mentor. So I didn't realise there was a lot of rumours of this, but no, yeah, there was an article on Variety, or he had told Variety, that lots and lots of
0: Spider-Man fans were thinking that he would play a really good Dr. Octopus, which I, I could mean, see. he would... But I don't think anything from the promotional material has given any sort of hints towards that. No, it's not, but I suppose it's because I think he's got like the glass like some glasses on
1: and stuff. It's a big stretch. I think it's maybe <laughs> he's a, like he's a, an old man, like you yeah. might need
0: glasses. It might be like just one of those like fan castings. Yeah. But yeah, he's denied that. Sorry, one more piece of Marvel news. She Hulk has been slated to start filming this summer as well. But we still don't have a casting yet. A lot of people are now saying uh, the woman from The Mandalorian, Gina... Oh, yes. Uh, I'm yes. losing her name. Gina Sin... G...
1: Prepare your stories for the podcast, now. I, I just winged Goodness that one me. off the top of my yeah. head.
0: Gina Carano. <laughs> yes, that's There correct. we go. Yes. I think she would be great in it. She would be a but good she But for some she reason, Hulk. I've always seen more of a black actress taking on the role of She-Hulk. I don't know why, because she's meant to be Bruce Banner's cousin, but I mean... Mm. I don't know, maybe. It'd be good. Uh, maybe good. Maybe half cast cousin, maybe. Yeah, that'd be. Add a bit more diversity yeah. to the MCU I, I think she'll be great at it, is it? especially she's ex MMA or ex wrestler. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good, uh, good. idea for a casting. I mean, she's already been in Deadpool as well. Mm. But the role would look drastically different because she'll be green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the time. Yeah, all the time. Oh, She Hulk oh, yeah. is green all the time. Yeah. Once that she gets turned by the gamma radiation. That shows my knowledge of comic
1: books. I didn't know, Chris, Sam, that Obama and his wife own a film production company. Yes,
0: they've released several documentaries last year.
1: And their second feature film is mm-hmm. coming out called Crip Camp. And yeah, it's meant to be having a first look coming out any time now. Um, but that's on the way out. Their production company is called Higher Ground. Yeah. so sorry of um, story today. I had no idea that they did this. Yeah.
0: I Well, I only knew probably about September last year because one of their documentaries was coming out. It was all, all over the news and stuff. And I think that one got nominated for an award, maybe a BAFTA or an Oscar or something for one of the documentary categories. Mm.
1: An Oscar for... Best president of the United States doing a... Best ex-president. Oh. Best best POTUS directed film. Yep. And final little bits. Um, Netflix Greenlight's Witcher animated movie Nightmare of the Wolf. Why an animated movie? Don't bother wasting your time on that. Just get season two of The Witcher out. Well, because they can do two at the same time, can't they? They well, don't need the actors. Yeah. I Would don't it know. be
0: the same cast voicing? It probably... I mean, you could, I hope you so. could probably... Yeah, I do hope so. I need so. some more... Henry Cavill grunting, yeah, you can in prob- animated form.
1: <laughs> you could probably get quite a close <sighs> voice, though. Maybe the person who voices Geralt in the video game, yeah, that would be something. the logical choice, wouldn't it? It'd be the logical choice for an animated movie. But I wonder what style that they go for. I wonder if they go for like a, a Voltron one, or um, and we'll get onto this in a sec. But maybe like the new, uh, like a more three D animation, maybe. Yeah,
0: sort of more Clone Wars or more Voltron. Yeah, because Voltron's half and half; it's two D. Cell animated, but then when it's the Voltron robot, it's 3D. Yeah, could be, could be, could go either way. Maybe um, for magic maybe like stuff. Um, have you seen the Dragon Prince on Netflix yet? I haven't. No, no, uh, neither have I. But I've seen the trailers and stuff. That is, is a 3D show, but it's like uh, self shaded, you know, sort of like Borderlands. Oh yeah, yeah, but it gets the 2D look a lot better than Borderlands. Mm.
1: My final little bit. Yes. Have you seen the new trailer for the Pokemon movie? No. Oh, what are you doing? A new trailer, a Mewtwo Strikes... Back oh!
0: Or oh, I thought you it's... meant that like another no. live action one, like Detective Pikachu no, again. it is
1: basically a
0: remake of the original Pokemon movie with... No, it's the sequel movie, Mewtwo oh, Returns, but they've done it in a 3D style, haven't they? Yeah,
1: I don't know how I feel about that animation. It's a bit
0: strange, but I did like... That film, like, I, I got the double-pack VHS back in the day, came with Pokemon the first movie, and then um, Mewtwo's Returns, and it was pretty good.
1: I liked that film. Yeah, but what do you think of the animation, uh, the animation style? It does seem strange for Pokemon Ball. But... Do you don't think it just looks really like, like, in the the original animation, the way the animation yeah. looks, everything's got detail and stuff in the backgrounds because yeah. obviously it's art, it's it's drawn. Or, yeah, you full. know and drawn cell animation but everything just looks kind of plain and empty and yeah. everything
0: looks really big but there's not enough to fill any it of looks the like one of the cutscenes from one of the newer games like sword and shield
1: yeah i mean it's nintendo produced at mm. uh, nintendo yeah it's, yeah, it's nintendo game company yeah. are, are doing it yeah. right
0: so i just don't know why it why it looks so so weird it just I really feels odd Uh, They have been playing around with a bit more 3D stuff in, like, some of the newer films. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's mostly, like, battle animation and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Have you played any of the new Pokemon game yet? No, because I don't have a Switch.
1: Oh, neither do I. Well, that's the end of the news. (laughs) That's the end of (laughs) Switch news. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, as well as Marriage Story, we're going to talk a little bit about Oscar 2020 predictions. Mm -mm -mm. You may have heard... Yeah, you may have heard our episode on the Golden Globes. It's not going to quite be like that. We're not going to go through the whole list. We're just going to go through some of the main ones.
0: Also, I think we've seen a lot more off this list now.
1: Yeah, well, now we have. Uh, yeah, because we've had to force ourselves to watch more movies because of this podcast, which is uh, which is a, a, a complete joy to be doing with you, Chris. Um, we're going to start off with Best Picture. There's quite a few on here, um, but we have safely seen
0: most of these. And um, why are you looking at me in so much confusion? I'm just. So we've got the best picture category here. And I'm just looking at some of the names on it, and some of them don't seem to line up as far as my awareness, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. And then, yeah, so we're
1: going to talk through just some of the main categories that we would consider the main categories, you know. Not to say that makeup and hair isn't important. It is sound editing and sound mixing. Yeah, it's important. But we're going to talk about some of just the the ones that we're going to prioritize. we don't want to linger
0: on it too long as well. Exactly. Maybe once they've been announced and awarded... After the ceremony, we'll go yeah. into more detail. I'll just go watch the Oscars because it's always good.
1: Yeah. So best picture. Um, so we're going to talk about who we think's going to win and who deserves to win ahead of time. Best picture was 1917, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So
0: I'm really happy Parasite's on here.
1: Yeah, Parasite's just getting loads and loads and loads and loads, and loads of love, isn't it? Yeah. But do you reckon it's Best Picture Oscar 2020s? Do you reckon
0: it's... I reckon they'll probably might give it... I reckon um, it'll win
1: something, but maybe not Best Picture.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking maybe Best Director and Best foreign oh well they've changed their best international film it is now i reckon yeah i reckon it'll, it's definitely got to win that sure yeah
1: we're not covering best international film in this just because we've probably not seen what, any no. of
0: them well i think it's a no-brainer that parasite should win anyway
1: yeah and i think that's in that category anyway yeah. so mm, and then we got 1917 obviously visually and you know story-wise a brilliant film ford versus ferrari or what
0: else is it no, le mans 66 le mans 66 we've not seen
1: no. Is it is it yeah, it did come out. Yeah, it did here, come it? out, yeah,
0: yeah. Um The Irishman. I'm really I'm really surprised that Full Versus, for our reason, nominated for Best Picture. I'm surprised yeah, I'm surprised it's nominated like, for Best Picture. And Uncut Gems isn't like it's no, a, it's a weird I, film, I, but a lot of people are really giving it buzz like yeah, maybe not best picture, but you know what, I think Uncut maybe. Gems is gonna become more of like a cult
1: favourite yeah, rather than the I don't I we'll get on to Uncut Gems. Next I, think, week. I think
0: there's plenty of other films that could have got Best Picture nod rather than Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, what I'm hearing people say about it, it's nowhere near the top ten films of the year. Mm. And then you
1: got Jojo Rabbit, obviously a really good film. I yeah. don't think it's Best Picture winning nope. though. He already uh, Taika Waititi's already got a lot of nominations for the Directors Guild and yeah. stuff on on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joker, I don't know. Little Women, a Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood,
0: And Parasite, like we said. Yeah, but um, what,
1: what do you reckon between these? What, what do you reckon could win Best Picture?
0: What's bothering me as well, Little Women is up for Best Picture, but it wasn't, like, it's hardly seen in any of the other categories. Like, mm. how can it be Best Picture without not getting nominated for any of the other categories, really?
1: Yeah. Like, hard, surely
0: everything should be great about it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a Best Picture, which... It was written and directed by Greta Gerwig, and she's not seen on the list anywhere by the looks of it. No,
1: it just shows Amy Pascal, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Why does it say Amy Pascal for Little Women? When it was written and by di- uh, di- uh, written and directed by Greta Gerwig.
1: This was taken from Wikipedia. So potentially, boo, Wikipedia, boo. Potentially anyway, what do you bit.
0: think should win it? I, I, I asked you. You've not answered What who you think should I would say, win it. personally, 1917 or Marriage Story. Hmm. John, my opinion
1: is I think 1917 probably should, hmm, probably should win Best Picture. I think it. I think it will. I I would like to see Marriage Story win it, but I don't think it will. I think, to be honest, I I it could go to The Irishman. I reckon. For for the in terms of the casting, in terms of for the the whole thing, I don't
0: think it will. I don't think it's anywhere. I don't think it's Scorsese's best film. I don't think. I know it's nominated for a lot, but it doesn't seem to be getting the buzz that a best picture would.
1: Well, an interesting um, an interesting fact is how many nominations the Joker got. Sorry, yeah. not the Joker, just Joker. Joker got the most nominations this year. Yeah. It got eleven. 1917, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got 10 each. The next up was Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Parasite got 6 each. So mm-hmm. it could go to Joker. I don't want it to go to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. Again, it could I've seen it, it since we do. last
0: discussed this. I Didn't think it was that great.
1: No, it could go there. I think I'd like to see it go to... 1917, I think that's what would win it. Um, Next one we've got is Best Director. So again, 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. Again, same as Best Picture, just you missing Jojo Rabbit, Little Women.
0: Yeah, it's only five instead of ten nominees. From what I'm hearing everybody say, Bong Joon-ho should probably win this one. Mm. Don't think Quentin Tarantino should get it. The direction was good and everything. Todd Phillips, I feel like most of that film was what Joaquin Phoenix did with the material. Yeah. Like, the scene of him dancing in the bathroom was all his idea when Todd Phillips just started playing the music from the score. Mm. He just started dancing and then they just rolled the cameras. He was just meant to go in there and be sick and wash the makeup off.
1: Yeah. Which which version of that scene do
0: you think is better? The dancing or washing the makeup off? (laughs) (laughs) So, I... Uh, Todd Phillips, maybe not so much. Scorsese, yeah. So how much has Todd Phillips doubt di- Like, how much
1: direction
0: would he have gave visually for that yeah. sort of stuff, maybe? Um, Sam Mendes, 1917, was great. Not entirely sure if he was best director, maybe. Mm.
1: I would... I've not seen Parasite, so it's tough for me to judge, but I think from what people have said,
0: I think that should... I feel like it's win more it. likely gonna get Best Director rather than Best Picture. I don't think it foreign language films struggle with Best Picture. And we saw was it last year with Roma? Yeah. Uh Roma won Best Director and Best International Film last year. Um but he didn't win Best Picture. Hmm. I believe was the way they went. So we'll probably see that again. Who do you think will win it now? Oh, mm. Um Either probably Quentin Tarantino or Bong Joo Ho, I think will win it. It's not who I want, really. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go Bong Joo Ho give that film some representation. And do the next one. Best actor. So we've got Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, adam Driver for Marriage Story, Walking Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Pryor for The Two Popes. I think it'll go to Walking Phoenix. Us, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. I think everybody on that list as well deserves to be there. But probably Walking Phoenix deserves that. Yeah. I think it I think between Adam Driver and
1: Scarlett Johansson, I think it probably goes Scarlett Johansson for yeah, out of the two of them in that out, film. Out of the two of them for that film, I think she's probably more likely to get an award. But I do really rate Adam Driver's performance yeah. in Marriage Story.
0: See, I know it was probably 50-50, but I felt like we spent more of the film with him afterwards. Yeah. Like, but that's probably because you saw him for the second half of that film, which we'll get to later. Yeah, I I think she was probably the better out of the two of them. Yeah, for sure. I've not seen the two But they were both phenomenal, so... Uh, Walking Phoenix, I reckon. Yeah, I don't think anybody else. I think it'll be Walking Phoenix. Yeah, like I said, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture or Best Director. So they're probably going to give it for best actor. Mhm. Okay, uh best actress here. So we got Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Sasha Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron in uh Bombshell and Renée Zellweger for Judy. Not seen a couple of these.
1: i not seen Bombshell yet. No, not yet. But cuz I've not seen Harriet, I'm not seen Little Women. Not seen Judy. The only person I could see winning this for me is Scarlett Johansson. I think she really, really killed it in Marriage yeah. Story anyway.
0: Renee Zale, Wigger, and Judy, people are saying it's a really good performance. I don't know if it should be Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Sasha Ronan is always fantastic, and what I'm hearing, she's carrying that film as well. But I, I haven't seen most of these films either. Scarlett Johansson was phenomenal in Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. That scene in the lawyer's office was phenomenal yeah we'll get on for to that, that alone i'll give her an award
1: yeah we'll get on to that later on yes. in the episode as well in a bit more detail Um now best supporting actor and actress so for actor tom hanks in a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh anthony hopkins the two popes al pacino and the irishman joe Whoa. pesci and the irishman brad pitt once upon a time in hollywood brad pitt was great
0: in that and he was a good supporting actor he was a very very good supporting actor in that film very very good yeah. supporting actor, like he was he was just shy of being the lead, yeah, I reckon I said last time I would give it probably to Joe Pesci. I thought his performance was great in it, but I think that's just I've got a soft spot for seeing Joe Pesci as an old man, yeah, I've seen him come back out of retirement to do a film like this, mm. I would say either one of those two, Joe Pesci or Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt did win. Something. He won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. In a musical or comedy.
1: Yeah, so maybe... I reckon he's these. probably going to win it. Yeah, I, I think he's in a good run to win this. i like, agree,
0: though, maybe Joe Pesci, if not Brad Pitt. Or I don't know if Tom Hanks might get a look in just out of left field because uh, Fred Rogers was a big thing in America and the Academy for the Oscars is largely Americans as well. Yeah, but he... I don't know that, if he might get... Sometimes the Oscars surprises as well. What was
1: that film? He was in saving Mister Banks. Was he in that? He yeah. was in that film. That was the Mary Poppins yeah. film, wasn't it? I feel like the character he plays in
0: this hit the way he plays it is very similar to that. It seems from what I've seen of Fred Rogers and what I've seen of uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, he seems like he is Fred Rogers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think maybe a, a left-wing decision there. Yeah. Best supporting actress is Kathy
1: Bates Richard Jewell. Yeah. And then Laura Dern, Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh as um, Amy March in Little Women and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. Supporting actress, though.
0: So Laura Dern, won supporting actress at the Golden Globes for Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. I think she is phenomenal. and um, when I've rewatched the film, she is incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's quite in it, maybe enough though to get a supporting actress nod for it. No, I think I'm a little bit biased. I I think
1: that I've really enjoyed Scarlett Johansson's performances this year and all the films yeah. that she's been in. She's she's really had gone such a good year. Yeah, she's like the way she is in Jojo Rabbit is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal in that film just like how she is in marriage story i would love her to see a win for it yeah because she's really leveled up hasn't she i mean we you know she was good in all the marvel films and stuff but she's really leveled up in these films everybody
0: else that i've heard talking about it though have said laura dern or uh, florence Pugh. so yeah
1: maybe uh, you know i think if little women deserves an award it would probably be maybe in the supporting categories maybe i mean i'm not trying to discount the film i've not seen it but i've not heard as much buzz about that film versus it in the more mainstream awards but i have heard that people that have seen it have said it should have won more than what it has
0: yeah so that's what i was about to say i've heard more buzz about little women now that it's been snubbed for a lot of things a lot of people I think didn't discuss it because they thought it was just going to be a no-brainer. It's going to be put up for awards, Mm. but now that it hasn't, people are like up in arms. Like this was one of the best movies of the year. Why is it not here? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying that they had to watch it for a second time before they really understood that. Yeah, true. Now these next two, we've only got two
1: more that I've put in here for us to chat about. Yeah, we've got best visual effects and best cinematography. Now. 1917 are in both of these. I thought this is probably quite interesting because 1917 was very, very, very practical yep. in terms of effects. Uh, and obviously cinematography was really cool. So well, let's do best visual effects first. So obviously 1917, Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Best visual effects also okay. include special effects. So...
0: I would love to see Endgame get something just because it's Endgame and it was such a great film and it wrapped up that entire phase of Marvel mm. and it feels like they and was, should get something. There was
1: nothing janky in terms of visual effects. Nothing in that majorly film. janky, no. No.
0: The, the only thing I could think of was maybe Captain Marvel's hair near the end when it was all flowy, but Yeah. That's like the smallest thing. Um The Irishman the visual effects for the age them was fantastic, but no, didn't hit the mark. If with... this
1: if this film wins best visual effects, I am gonna completely protest against it. There's so much wrong in terms of visual effects for this film. That bit where he goes to the uh, corner shot and then there's that cgi glass smash of the door yeah and then he kicks the guy's well he he quote unquote kicks the guy's head while he's down but you can just tell that it's just not it's just not hitting he's not making contact
0: that's not even special effects because now that's it's visual effects well, well well that's what i'm saying but like that's just bad stunt coordination and the fact that they didn't go for another take and go for the take that made it look more believable what's wrong with that scene is the fact that they've da's robert de niro's face from a distance so you're already looking at it from a distance and he's got old man body he's meant to be in his 30s knocking the shit out of someone What well, would you not maybe say that's and- down to his performance well, no, because he's an old man. He can't act like a young fella. Like, when he's, like you're saying, kicking that guy, like, he's got his arms like my granddad trying to get down the stairs. Like, you know, when they look sort of off balance and he's sort of, like, tucking his arms in, like, trying to keep his balance type thing. Why not just put a stunt double in there? If you're already doing yeah. CGI on the face to do a face replacement.
1: Yeah, that's a that's
0: a good point, actually. <laughs> right, well, that's definitely not going to win yeah. the best visual um, effects then lion king looked phenomenal as much as i didn't like this version of the lion king looked phenomenal and it's all entire visual effects Mm -hmm. um and then star wars there was nothing wrong with those special effects either they were phenomenal
1: yeah however i suppose would the lion king lose marks on best visual effects because of the kind of the lack of motion lack of emotion in the animals faces and stuff
0: maybe it depends what you think they were going for, whether they're going for realism or whether they're going for cartoony emotion. Yeah. They've gone for the realistic look and most of those animals look goddamn no, real. There's nothing realistic
1: about animals talking though. They may as well have gone and gave them a little bit of emotion well, if they yeah, were the, talking. Yeah,
0: but that's I know it's subjective. That, yeah, that's I know a that's subjective that's sub- opinion. Subjective. Like I would have loved them to have bright, colourful things like make some of the fur a different colour so that you could actually tell the difference between the lines and stuff. Mm.
1: I think maybe if 1917 wins this, it wins it because of the amount of practical effects. Yeah, The only thing, you know, you think about, and this is the same for best cinematography, you think about that scene where he jumps on top of the trenches and runs down. It's that famous shot from the trailer towards the end. You think about that. Have you seen that video where it's showing them how they did that? Mm-hmm. And it's just that one big long take with them on the back of a van, and you've got all these extras and stuff jumping yeah, over, and all the, and explosions all and all the actual explosions going off, and the crew and stuff for having to duck down from the You know, in certain, in terms thought, of that, for stuff for shots like that, and how well it's set up, it probably could win. Maybe both of these categories, to be fair. Well but i
0: mean we've not gone to best cinematography yet but Uh, i I will say that i am thinking of it more from like a cg point of view in my head i don't think maybe maybe rise of skywalker but rise of skywalker seemed pretty flawless with the cg
1: yeah i think maybe people's opinion of the young carrie fisher and young mark hamill
0: Young Mark Hamill looked great. Young yeah. Carrie Fisher looked awful. They just can't seem to master her face. Yeah, in maybe, Rogue One, it was a bit janky as well. Maybe
1: because of that reaction, though. Maybe that's
0: why it won't, won't win it. I mean, that's just like a very small part of the film, though, isn't it? The rest of it looks great. Yeah, it does. It does look really good. It does look really. Um, good. I I would say I would give it to Endgame or Lion King. Interesting. Just because I think there's so much going on in Endgame as well.
1: Yeah, I think. If it if I say it's got a chance of going to Endgame, I'd say it equally has as much chance of going to Star Wars. Yeah. So I think... would say if it's not either of those two, I'd say it would probably go to nineteen seventeen. Okay, I, I I honestly the only reason the Irishman's in here is because of the de aging. Yeah, but even
0: at that point, I think it's got too many flaws to yeah, win an Oscar. Exactly, for that. and then the final one. Cinematography. So we got Roger Deacons for 1917, Rodrigo Pareto for The Irishman, Lawrence Scher for Joker, Jorin Balaski for The Lighthouse. This is the only award The Lighthouse is up for on this list. I don't know if it was up for any others. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Robert Richardson. I think this is where 1917 yeah. should get it that's why i was thinking out of these two it should definitely get it for cinematography the feat that they've had to go through to make this one continuous shot and to have the cameras constantly moving through all these terrains following these camera uh, characters going through all the things that happen in the film and being able to keep consistent cinematography and make everything look spectacular and being able to still be engaging and not jarring being one shot is just phenomenal and I think it's largely down to the camera work yeah I think Roger Deacon did fantastic I completely agree I completely agree I think they should have an award for camera operators and just to give it to 1917
1: and also editing because I've heard a lot about this film in terms of obviously you can tell where the cuts would be because of where they go inside and it goes dark and stuff like that. But the fact that that still feels as flawless as what it does yeah. is obviously a credit to the camera work to set that up for those cuts and edits anyway. And you don't realize how much is actually done in one shot until you re- look at all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Like the um, that that first intro sequence where they go to the trenches. That There's that is pretty much all one big solid shot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this should
0: win Ben's best best cinematography. I think the yeah. one award out of all the Oscars that it is should be guaranteed it's nineteen seventeen. Yeah, for sure. Is cinematography, for sure.
1: So that's our predictions for Oscar twenty twenty. So we're gonna go on to our film of this week, which is Marriage Story. I watched this quite a while ago. I have not had chance, I didn't have a chance to re-watch it, but Chris, you've watched it a little bit more recently than yeah. me. And as always, we'll probably talk a little bit and give our overview on the film, and then we're just going to get straight in and just talk about
0: it. Full spoilers. Yeah, there's not really too many spoilers you can give for this film.
1: No, in terms of the film itself, it's, it's pretty obvious what it's about. The spoilers are just little tie-ins and stuff in how the yeah. film wraps up. So in terms of our review, everything's going to be time stamped in the description for spoilers and non-spoilers as well. So yeah, if you do want to skip ahead to to get that bit, then fire away. But yeah, so Marriage Story, what did you think? I
0: oh, uh, sorry, I always forget elevator pitch. Okay. Marriage Story. There's a couple. They're getting a divorce. The divorce gets messy. Done. Okay, that is the sweetest elevator pitch. I think that's all you need to say about, like, the
1: overarching plotline. Yeah. If I was to add to your elevator pitch, I'd probably say it's almost like a fly on the wall.
0: Yeah. It's a character study about two people probably during the worst few months of their life. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Or the messiest few months of their life, anyway. Maybe not the worst.
1: So performances in this film, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are absolutely
0: amazing in this film. Just overall, my quick summary of the film, if you're going to turn off the podcast in the next two seconds, don't. But if you're going to and you hear one last thing, this film is phenomenal. Yes. Like this film took my breath away and made me just want to watch more films like this.
1: Yeah, I was so surprised at how good this film was when I watched it. Saw it come up. I purely watched it because Adam Driver was in it and the more films I can see with Adam Driver in, the better. I don't think he's done a single bad role in... Have you seen Black Klansman?
0: Uh, No, not yet. He's very good in Black Klansman. He's very good in... Have you seen Inside Lewin Davis? He's only in it for a little bit, but he is great in that. No, I've not seen that. I don't think he has done a bad role, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, he's just really good throughout this. He's just all in on the characters. And the way the story flows is it's just... It's just almost so believable and it's not far-fetched. And the problems that happen are just you know, a day in the life problems of what you can imagine some people going through a through a hard hard time in a marriage and divorce. You can just imagine this is the sort of stuff that they go through when you've got things like distance and a kid in the mix and stuff like that. And it it's just such yeah, I I just can't stress enough how good this film is. It's like, really, really good.
0: This film to me, it felt like a play it felt yeah. like a piece of theatre. It felt like drama. It's very relevant. Which is that's what I'm about to say. It felt like it was, it was dramatized in only a way that like a director and an actress could have mm. experienced these events. Like uh, Noah Baumbach, the di- writer and director, he is very much what he writes on the page is what you say on the day. So so much of this, st- uh, the dialogue in it and the emotions and everything like that feels improvised it feels so natural like you i lost myself like i wasn't watching adam driver or scarlett johansson anymore i was watching these characters for like the two hours that it's on hour and a half two hours Mm. they were just these characters they didn't feel like actors Mm. like it was so realistic and it had no improv in it at all like it was all as it was meant to be they rehearsed and they went for it and like they shoot Josh shot and shot and shot. They did it each scene. So many different ways to try and land it. There's a scene where they're having an argument in, sorry, I'm forgetting his character's name. Now, Charlie Charlie's apartment in LA and it is so raw and so perfectly executed. And the way you just flow with the emotions through yeah, that is yeah. it's like a roller coaster. And then it just plummets you at the end when Charlie's just on his knees crying and that, talk my breath away like yeah, that scene like, was incredible yeah it it just
1: escalates and escalates and but like I, like i said it doesn't escalate in a way that you couldn't you know it's not f- as far fetched from what it probably would be in real life and yeah i mean it's amazing how much character and how how um how interesting it can be you know, for their character for just be making dinner. There's a, there's a scene where they're making dinner with where Charlie's making dinner with his kid. And there's just so much going on that. The, he just sells you on the role that he's this dad. And then you, you know, throughout the film, you stop seeing it as you stop seeing him as Adam driver and stop seeing her as Scarlett Johansson. And, because they're so convincing as these characters that they're playing you only see them as them and i think that's definitely a credit to why they're being nominated for best actor best supporting actress all that kind of business
0: as well i feel like this this film took a lot of people by surprise like you like you said how surprised you were with how much enjoyed it it felt like it came out of nowhere Mm. there have been talks about it but i think it just sort of dropped out of nowhere and Mm. people weren't Obviously, we know Noah Baumbach is a great director. He is a good writer. But it just seemed to... I don't think anyone was expecting it to be as good as it was. Like We were all expecting great things, but it's phenomenal. Yeah. like I think uh, it, it sets you up for
1: kind of to expect unexpected throughout the film because of how it starts, where they're both reading letters that they've wrote about each other at the counselling session. And the visuals at the beginning is just the same story, but from the two different perspectives. And it sort it definitely sets you up for what you're going to be conflicted with for the rest of the film. Yeah. And should we just should we just start doing spoilers and yeah. just talk about the film yeah. freely? Yeah.
0: Go watch this film. It's on Netflix. Everyone's got a Netflix account, or you know someone with a Netflix account. Watch this film this weekend, whatever weekend you're listening to this. As soon as you can, just sit down and watch it. Yeah, and make like, sure you hug someone afterwards. Yeah, when you might it, need it. Yeah, it, it, it'll break your heart in the best way. Yeah, cool.
1: So, getting into the spoilers, spoilers bit now. Um, but yeah, when they read those letters out, and then it does full circle at the end, where then you know they didn't want to read them out to each other, but obviously. Well well no Charlie Adam Driver was happy to read his yeah. out but Scarlett Johansson wasn't and then at the end he finally gets that closure where he he reads her letter with his son and he's reading it out and then it's over over his shoulder she can see it it's kind of nice like how this film doesn't leave it on a sour note but I kind of like how they didn't get it resolved in the end either it kind of shows and Talks through the whole thing of yeah a a divorce can be messy, and you know and things can go wrong, but ultimately, in some cases, it can be the right thing to happen. I think the most
0: devastating part of the way the film goes is these are two people that I think are still in love, they still love each other, they still love each other's personalities, and the fact that they've got a child together is testimony to that, and I think. Because you can see, like, it's all very amicable, the divorce, for a long time. And I think, I know definitely me and my girlfriend were watching this, and throughout it we were like, just have a conversation. And it felt like nobody talked. They just lost, got themselves lost in the marriage, and then that's why they're getting a divorce is to try and find themselves again. But we're like, all you need to do is have a conversation and you can resolve this, because clearly there's still so much love there. I think that was the most heartbreaking thing was seeing these two people that you thought were still in love getting a divorce for seemingly bull**** reasons that they could easily work out. Yeah. And it was it
1: was heartbreaking that and well, you like what you said that if if they just sit down and have a conversation and sort it out, but there's lots of times in the film where they try to do that and obviously they like that big argument scene in the middle, they try to talk it through what's going to be the best way going forward because obviously there's a kid stuck in the middle of it all which is again heartbreaking to watch a kid how he changes throughout because he's getting older and he's changing and adam driver's character is still stuck as though this kid is still a little kid but obviously he's growing up he doesn't want to go trick-or-treating things like that but towards the bit where they have that argument that we we're just talking about they try to sit down and have a conversation and it just shows them because they've got the pressure from the lawyers on either side that are just doing their jobs but doing them extremely well. And Laura Dern's amazing in this film. Yep. But it's it's one of those things where because of everything else going on that they, they're at a point where they can't sit down and have a conversation. And that's why probably I suppose the best way this film could have turned out was the way that it was in this case. And, it, and it's good because I, I don't know, like... I kind of maybe would have felt a little bit cheated if everything had got sorted out in the end. It yeah. would almost be like a happily ever after kind of thing where both of them were still happy, I suppose. But you know, it's one of them as a, as a, as a watch as as a, as the audience. You get a feeling that yeah, it wasn't what I what I probably would have wanted if it was real life. But at least you got
0: a, a satisfying ending that you couldn't predict both their characters at the end of it got what they wanted yeah she were, now had a new tv show she was up for an award for directing mm. so she was right she was starring and directing charlie did his show and then he he started he started moving to la he started teaching there to be closer to his son yeah that's all he wanted was to make sure that he maintained a relationship with his son
1: yeah and i think he he also starts to like come out of his shell a bit more as well which i think his character is you know he's very open with his wife throughout it but he is kind of a little bit caged up, where well, at the end he gets up and he just he sings that song, doesn't he, at the end in the bar and stuff, in front of all his theatre colleagues and stuff, and I think maybe he realises that, you know, that's his family as well.
0: So. Yeah, well, basically, both of their arcs that they wanted to resolve through this divorce is, she wants to become more selfish, almost, mm. she feels like she gave up everything about herself in the marriage, and then he wants to become... More selfless and spend more time with her, spend more time with their child.
1: Yeah, because he does. Yeah, because he's very selfish because he's very much like dictating how that play
0: goes and stuff at the beginning. He's very much a director of their marriage as well as the theatre company. Yeah, yeah. And then he
1: almost becomes like a bit more laid
0: back and lets himself go and stuff a little bit more at the end. So I think the way they set the film up as well, like. Like you said, we start off with these monologues about each other's partner and like why they loved them, everything that was great about them, and what worked in their relationships, even the stuff that frustrated them, but they appreciated it. Mm. And then the film then is split into halves. Like you see um, Nicole's side of it like she is the first one that you start spending periods of time with so like charlie is almost absent during this when she first moves to la and she's getting Mm. the lawyer and everything and you start to hear her side of the marriage and everything like that and you start to build this negative image of charlie up in your mind Mm. but you still have these lingering positive feelings from the monologue at the beginning I think is really interesting the fact that they split it in half like that. So they built her up as like almost having the moral high ground in this, and Charlie is down. And then when you see Charlie's half at the end, it brings them much back onto level pegging. And like, the, I felt like there was two different monologues with like how divorce is with parents and stuff like that. You get the amazing speech from Laura Dern to Nicole about you're a mother, you need to be a perfect mother, and he laps in that and they will judge you so hard. Like, yeah, it's that he's having to do a load of stuff to, like, try and get keep custody of his child and stuff like that. The, the law was definitely on her side with it all, but then you get the monologue after... Well, not so much a monologue, it's him... Afterwards, you see, he's just trying to fight to keep some sort of relationship with his child and the law is trying to do everything to keep him away from his child. Mm. So she's given the whole speech about up until 30 years ago, there's no such thing as a, a good dad. Like, dads are still naff at the end of the day. They're still not the better parent. And then you see him just trying his best to be the, the best parent he can be. Mm. It's quite interesting, this film, because you could
1: vouch either way. I think as watching this, I think each person, you could either watch this film supporting Nicole or you could watch this film supporting Charlie. And really, you're not wrong if you go into this film with either. I think as guys, we probably look at it more as though Charlie's having the bad time. But I'm sure that equal amount of people See this is Nicole's going through the hard time.
0: I think that's what it does well is for me personally. At the end of it, like they start off on like a level pegging, and then it switches. your it plays with your emotions. Yeah, and then at the end of it, for me, they came out as a level pegging again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the there's there's a lot of really good scenes in this as well. Like the we've obviously already spoken about a lot of them. I think what another one that stands out is where. Um, Nicole goes to Laura Dern's character in the beginning and then there's that big, long shot of her where she's the camera pans from one couch onto the other couch. She goes into a bathroom and then comes out, but it's
0: just one big, long shot of her getting more and more and more emotional and more upset. It's her finally being able to say what she's had trapped inside of her and finally release it and, like, you find out why they're getting the divorce. Yeah, and that's a um, Best Actress winning scene, I'd say that. That and the argument scene, definitely. I think, I think that is also testament to, like you said, the performances, but Noah Baumbach, as the director, he is very much single camera, only one camera at one time, and, like, the there's only two really, like, extended shots in the entire film. It's her monologue, then, when she's... Like we just discussed, she's explaining why she wants the divorce, how she's lost herself, and everything. And she's becoming more and more emotional about that. And then you've got um, Adam Driver at the end singing. Yeah. Like they each have their one extended shot, and I think from what I could tell, uh, from what I can remember, sorry, they are sort of like the only two shots that really move with characters as well, because mm-hmm. it is very much like static, a static camera like edits and stuff. These, like like you said, the character follows her from one couch to another couch, to the bathroom, back to the first couch. And it does and that when it's effective. Yeah. It does that
1: to keep you in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It doesn't want you to, it wants you to to follow this this line of emotion and this, this line of thought, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah. So that's all we've got time for. We got we got deep. That's all
0: we got time for. We got deep in that. I could talk about this film for another two hours. Yeah, it's one of them. You really need to go watch
1: it. I think to really appreciate it. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not a thriller. It's not, you know, it's not got action scenes or anything. But it is just one of those films where you you just feel like you, you absolutely need to watch it. And then once you've seen it yourself, you feel like other people really need to watch it. Um, yeah, so as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere you want to get your podcast. Uh, make sure you leave us a like, rating, subscribe, anything on wherever you listen to said
0: podcasts. Five stars. Five like, stars, please. Like every Uber driver as you're leaving. Five stars. Yeah, thank you. Uh, don't much, forget Driver. to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter i will be happy to talk about marriage story with you on or all of them our handle is at get real pod on twitter and instagram that's r-e-e-l and also get real pod uk at gmail.com for any questions or insights and maybe we'll read some off on the show if anybody sends any to us yeah very good next week we're
1: going to carry on our netflix binge and cover over uncut gems which will be launching in the uk on the 31st yep so So, just
0: after you're hearing this episode
1: yeah so we're not right we're not able to listen to it yet but we will have our episode out the following monday so yes we'll see you next week thank you